Welcome to In the World, the podcast of North Cincy Student Ministries. My name is Eric. I'm the host that you often hear the most on this podcast. And today we're doing something different where we're hearing from new voices uh, through a thing called Student Ministry Conversations, where we're interviewing different people about their experiences and their uh, life and how their involvement in student ministry shaped who they are today. And today we are with Kyle Odie. And Kyle, uh, welcome. Thank you. It's good to have you. And Kyle, just uh, why don't you share just a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? Sure. So I've been a member of North Cincinnati pretty much my entire life. My parents came here when I was a toddler and have grown up in this church. And as a part of that, grew up going to what was then called True North, is now North Cincinnati Student Ministries. Um, and that pay- played a big role in my life and my spiritual development growing up. Um, and then went off to college did a lot of ministry there, particularly through uh, being a resident assistant, and that really grew my heart for working with younger people. So came back after I graduated, and I'm now a middle school English and history and psychology teacher at Miami Valley Christian Academy, and this is my second year helping out with North Cincy Student Ministries as a leader. All right. Yeah, and we love having you. We I love, love to be you. here. A little fun fact about Kyle, when I was uh, here right after I graduated from college, I came back to Cincinnati where I'm from and spent some time serving in the student ministry uh, just as I was working and Kyle was in my small group. So it's fun to to now uh, labor alongside together with you and it's great to have you now. So Thank Kyle, you. I love for you, um, you know, one of the things that I love uh, about you is, um, is you are not only serving um, in student ministry, but you also serve students through your occupation. But you also, in the same ministry, like you mentioned, that you're serving in, you experienced as a student. So I would love for you just to share a little bit about how did your involvement in church growing up, how did your involvement in a youth ministry, a student ministry, uh, how did that shape who you are today? Sure. Yeah, it shaped me in a huge way. My parents were always very intentional with us about uh, not just letting our faith be something that we practice on Sundays, but being something we practice in everything we do, everywhere we go throughout life. And even though I went to a Christian school growing up, it was really helpful for me to have such a strong uh, additional ministry pouring into me weekly, one, two, three times a week outside of school that could back up both what I was learning in school, but also what I was learning at home with my parents. So, having the ministry here and growing up, especially with North Cincy Student Ministries, it really helped me um, understand and recognize what I believed on my own, recognize that I needed to put the time into actually developing my own faith, that it couldn't be something that I just got from my parents, but that my faith had to be my own. And having a solid place like what we have here having solid leaders like Eric, especially, um, was just a really great way for me to learn and grow and mature in my faith. And one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to, um, help lead once I came back. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. You, you said some things too, that, that are, that are just so true of so many students experience just between that seventh to 12th grade, um, age difference. Mm -hmm. There's just, uh, so many students are, beginning to try to figure out who they are, who God is. And uh, 
uh, it can be a very much a um, crossroads for many people in their lives. And like you said, to have uh, leaders, to have ministries, to have parents that are safe people and safe places to go to, to process what you believe and, mm-hmm. and who you are is, is so important for your future mm-hmm. and for just your development as a person. So thanks and for I've, sharing that. Absolutely. And I think that's a huge key and a huge reason why I wanted to do this is, especially in today's culture, and I'll talk more about this later, but students need those connecting points. Yeah. They need adults who they can go to, they can trust and who can pour into them mm-hmm. outside of just the family. Because one of the things with social media nowadays, especially, and just how often we are on our phones, is we lose some of the connection face-to-face especially. So having a safe place like this ministry is fantastic. I think for the students, it was fantastic for me when I was going through it, junior high and high school. And I think it's fantastic now that we have we provide a good outlet for them in that way. Awesome. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I'd love to, to you mentioned that uh, something that you're going to say later. So that is now. The later is now upon us. But I'd love for you to share as somebody, I think you have a very um, unique perspective on particularly teenagers because you lead them in an intimate setting of the small group setting on a Wednesday night here at our church, um, but also too as their teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, there are many students from different areas of Cincinnati, from different churches in Cincinnati that you have um, influence over and have uh, a mentorship type relationship mm-hmm. with as uh, their small group leader and as their teacher. Um, so I'd love for you to share just as you've gotten to know today's teenager, what are some things that you are really encouraged by? What are some things that you're saying to yourself, like, I'm really excited for this generation to, to, to grow up into the future? Sure. I think having the amount of technology and the kind of technology we do today is really beneficial in a lot of ways with how much I've seen students be able to connect with the outside world whether that be um, through meeting people that have similar interests to them online, whether that be just the ability to quickly learn information they don't know, uh, Mm -hmm. whether that be the ability to quickly spread a message. You look at how, how much teenagers have been able to quickly gather around something they believe strongly in and promote that message and share it. I think that is really encouraging and is really beneficial in a lot of ways. And that that one thing has been really cool for me to see because I'm not that much older than a lot of these students. But even when I was in school, I know there wasn't such a strong rally and passion for what we believed in and what we wanted to do. Whereas now I'm seeing some of these students who are bold and they know what they believe in, and they mm-hmm. want to stand up for that. They really want to change the world and believe they can do it and really can do it through the means of technology nowadays, mm-hmm. which is really, really, really cool to witness and to try and mentor them as they do that because that is not something that I had and that I definitely don't think older generations had, just that ability to quickly connect with other people and promote a message. And Another thing that I'm really encouraged by today's students is how much I'm seeing them crave real connection. Yeah. I think 
when I was a student, because it was still most mostly face to face, we had Facebook, but that was pretty much it for social media. We still all of our connections basically were face to face. Whereas now, because of social media, so much connectivity is online that I've really found a lot of students are more open and honest when they are face to face. A lot of them crave that real relationship with a mentor, with a teacher. Whereas I think growing up myself and other people I knew my own age and a little bit older, a lot of us, there was a tendency to hide what we truly felt and not want to go as deep with each other, not Mm -hmm. want to go as deep with our parents, with our teachers, those around us, because we were afraid. Mm -hmm. We were afraid of what that meant. We were afraid of judgment. And I think now, because so much of that kind of communication takes place online, I think we now see online is where people are more reserved, at least students are more reserved, more afraid of judgment. And personally, I've found a lot of students are more open with me, with other teachers and mentors than my generation would would be because they crave that real relationship because they're online so much. When they are in person, they really want to take advantage of that, whereas I think a lot of previous generations didn't. Yeah, I love that. I love how you highlighted two things, connectivity and vulnerability, mm-hmm. is that we are more connected than, than ever. In older generations um, who may uh, not have a great of a get grasp on social media and things like that, may not know how to use it like younger generations mm-hmm. are, and you're seeing younger generations really use it for good mm-hmm. to get behind it, um, to, to exercise a voice, to exercise what they believe, to use it mm-hmm. as a way to build people up. Uh, as opposed to tear people down, which is how it's often used. And also, too, just vulnerability, just because of that, because, like you said, so much of communicating, I guess, is done online. There is um, students still have that 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 need and that want to connect face-to-face. But because it is becoming so more and more rare, it's uh, it's they appreciate it more mm-hmm. uh, when they do get it and when people do make time. Mm-hmm. for them and when they make time for people, which is a cool thing. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'd love to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. And this question is the same question, but the opposite. Just as you have seen and worked with students on a variety of levels, just what are some things that you, that kind of break your heart mm-hmm. about today's youth culture? What are some things that you see and you wish were different mm-hmm. and that you wish you could, uh, that students uh, did differently, I guess? Sure. And again, because technology is so prevalent in our culture at large, but in youth culture especially, technology becomes a little bit of a double-edged sword. So because so much of their lives is spent online, they're being influenced by things online. One of the things that really worries me and breaks my heart is the amount of confusing, ungodly messages that easily find their way into students' homes and into students' hearts. Mm. I think just with the amount of technology they're on, again, as I said previously, how easy it is to spread good messages and rally around good messages, it's even more easy to be inundated with bad messages, with messages that 
are not promoting godly things, are not promoting godly character growth. And that has broken my heart. I mean, some things that I've seen and talked with students that they've been involved in or seen online, I won't say it didn't happen when I was a student, but it's just so much more prevalent nowadays. Mm-hmm. It absolutely breaks my heart. And I think a lot of times students don't even realize that yeah, some of that stuff is bad. Desensitized to some uh, of the things yeah, Exactly. Becoming desensitized to mm-hmm. it where I think even 10 years ago, there's a lot of stuff nowadays that would have been hidden away that now is much more in the open Yeah. in terms of content accessibility and the content that's included even in TV shows, movies, music that's so accessible to mm-hmm. students um, that really worries me and that I've seen and talked with a lot of students who that has really impacted them. And like you said, Eric, a lot of it is desensitizing and oftentimes they don't even realize they're becoming desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. They don't even realize sometimes that it's bad, that Mm -hmm. these things that they're seeing, that the music they're listening to could even impact them. We had, um, we had a, a class at school very early on, uh, in the semester this year, where we just talked about the media some of my junior high students watch, listen to. And it was amazing to see just how many had not put uh, two and two together and realized that some of the stuff they were watching, listening to, partaking in really did affect who they were becoming Sure, and what they believed. A lot of them didn't even think about it. And I've seen that with a lot of students across the board Christians and un- unbelievers alike, where there's almost a prevalence to believe that we can engage in all these things, all these various forms of media that we see online and compart- car- compartmentalize that. Yeah, That's not who we are. That's just in this area. That's just in this box. Yeah. That's in that box. That's in that box, which really worries me. Because that divides, that gives us a mindset that we're divided into these little chunks. This is who I am here. This is what I do here. This is what I can do with this time. Instead of looking at themselves and looking at each other as whole people. Yeah. And we lose that image of God perspective. Yeah. Because we're not looking at a person as this is this whole person. We're looking at them as they said this in this context. They act this way in this context. Mm And it, so it becomes confusing for students when they look at each other. It becomes confusing to students when they're looking at themselves and they're internally reflecting. Mm-hmm. And we ask them, what do you think about this? Sometimes they can't even speak to that because of all the different messages, confusing messages they've internalized. I think that mm-hmm. is going to be one of the strongest um, fights for Christianity with this generation of students is helping them sort out what the Bible really says and helping them build a solid base and a solid worldview that can look at all these other messages and filter them out. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be very complicated. So that is really disheartening. And I'll touch on one more thing that I find very disheartening. I think social media in a bad way gives an ever present presence I guess, of everyone in your life. Whereas before, when I was in school, go on back through the decades, if you were having a hard time at school with someone, you're having a hard time in general, 
you leave school at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Normally, you can get away from that. Nowadays, with social media, oftentimes, those people are always with you, mm-hmm. in a sense. They're always on Instagram. They're always going to comment, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever it is. And I think that has sort of broken down some boundaries that the family and the home sets up in really harmful ways. Mm-hmm. Because there have been things that I've seen students where they're perfectly fine with one another at school. And then I overhear a conversation or I have someone tell me, like, I don't understand why they're my friend at school. But when we go home at night and we're in our text group or we're in Instagram, like they'll say this nasty thing. I think students don't even think about when they're separated that this is a real person. Yeah. And that's part of that's a worry of the culture in general with social media is I think oftentimes because we're not literally face to face talking with someone or literally hearing their voice, I think it's very easy for us to compartmentalize them and just think of them as in some ways the just the robot texting me back or whatever you want to say. We don't often think about people as this is a real human being that I'm saying this to. How is my word, how are my words going to affect me? Um, And so I think there's a lot of bullying that used to be much more physical and in the presence at school, I think is now there that still happens certainly, but I think now it's far more verbal. Yeah. Where, you can't get away from it like you could uh, in the old days. And I think a lot of times, I know for me especially, some of the bullying I went through, the physical you can kind of leave behind. You know, you can kind of compartmentalize as, okay, it's terrible, it sucks, but it's that one person they have to physically be around me to mm-hmm. harm me. Mm-hmm. With how verbal and mental it is, a lot of these words, even if it's a message that deletes, that sticks with you. Mm. That becomes a mental picture in your head that you keep going back to long after the person who sent you that message might have forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. That can really stick with you and hurt you and pop up again in weird times, at weird times in weird places. And I think it really impacts relationships sure. where the students with each other become a lot more judgmental sure, and a lot more guarded with what do I say, all this, all that, where I was saying I see them a lot open up to people such as me, you, leaders, mentors, teachers. I find them to be a lot more guarded in person and with each other because they're afraid of, oh, what if I say something that's then going to be put in the group chat or will be put up on Instagram. And so that really breaks my heart because it's inhibiting these kids from actually being kids mm-hmm. and forming good, solid relationships with their peers. Mm-hmm. Because even if they're best friends, they're a lot of times they're still afraid of what might they say about me online. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Maybe this is not what you're saying, but what I'm hearing you say is, is that, is that, one of the big things that breaks your heart is that students really don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. They, you see a very fragmented, mm-hmm. a very fragmented student. Yeah. Um, but also not just who they are, but where they are. Yeah. Is that there is this new place called the digital place mm-hmm. where that is always on that mm-hmm. you could continue scrolling through all day. 
mm-hmm. and uh, never seem like you get back to where you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and people can really, you know, um, just tear your image up, mm-hmm. like you said, through social media, through group chats, through whatever it may be. And one of the things I've learned in life is that it's really hard to change, to be an agent of change of, of culture, right? Mm-hmm. Social media is mm-hmm. there. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that things are, are the way that things are. Mm-hmm. And maybe over time will slowly change, but, but it's really hard to envision things changing right mm-hmm. now. So based upon, this is kind of another question I'd love to, mm-hmm. for you to answer Absolutely. just quickly. Um, and then we'll be done. Just how, how do you think students, what is your advice to students to nab? Because they can't change their circumstances. Absolutely. How, yeah. what, what would be your advice to help them navigate, to build mm-hmm. discernment like you talked about, to mm-hmm. live a less fragmented life, mm-hmm. um, to know how to um, perhaps uh, navigate the digital, the digital place mm-hmm. Where they're, it's it's open twenty four seven, and there's um, you just never know what's going to come up or what's going to be said about you. Yeah, how how would you? What advice would you give to somebody to navigate those waters? Absolutely, I think that's that's a bit of a tricky question in terms of digital media, social media is still so new. Yeah, that I'm still definitely learning things about it. Um, one of the benefits I have in my position where I'm probably closer in age to most of my students than I am their parents is just talking with parents. I know nowadays a lot of them have a real hard time navigating social media and understanding it, um, which totally makes sense because it is a whole new world and it is very different than a lot of the traditional means of communication. Um, But I've really seen that as a seen how the role God's placed me in as a blessing in that I've been able to come alongside some parents and not that I know how to parent their student better than them, but just be able to give them advice about things I'm seeing and Mm -hmm. things I know about social media. So one of the things I've told several of my junior high students at school is some of them follow me on Instagram, follow my profile. And So one thing I told several of them that were like, oh, so-and-so follows you. Like, maybe I should get an Instagram and follow you too. I always caution my junior high students. Ultimately, it's up to your parents if they allow you to get social media. If I were you, I would recommend abstain from it. Mm -hmm. I think something like Instagram, there is good that comes with it. But I think there's a lot of bad that can easily come with it too. And there are not great filters on Instagram, parental content-wise, because it's so much pictures. So you can't, unlike some of the just bullying that's text or profanity that you can filter out when it's just text, you can't do a lot of that with imagery. Yeah. Because what one person thinks is profane, the Instagram filter people might not think is obscene or profane or anything. So I would really, really caution students against social media, especially something like Instagram or Snapchat. If you are going to have it though, and I'm talking as much to the parents here as I am the students, I would strongly recommend any social media that junior high and high school students have, their parents are logged into that account because that allows parents to, instead of saying, here, let me see your phone, 
which students can delete stuff if they know their parents are going to check on it. Yeah. They can hide it. If parents have the Instagram app, they're going to be able to see everything their student views Mm -hmm. in their feed, every response and text they send out. So again, it doesn't protect against everything. Obviously with like search history and stuff, even if you have are logged in as your student, you're not going to be able to see all of that and something like Instagram. Yeah. But that at least gives some accountability where students, if students know, Hey, my mom, my dad are logged into this. That's going to help. Yeah. Same thing with Snapchat. I think, I think Snapchat, especially it's been called the sexting app for Mm -hmm. a reason because that's what it was invented for. And it's not, it's not completely that anymore in any, any way, shape, or form, but it still easily has those tendencies. If you're taking a picture and sending it and, or a text and you know they disappear as soon as someone views it, A, they don't actually disappear from online. Mm-hmm. Just the receiver can't see it anymore. But B, if you know something's just going to disappear and supposedly only the receiver's going to see that, that encourages or could encourage a lot of poor behavior, mm-hmm. a lot of bad decisions. So with Snapchat, Instagram, I would say if if the parents allow the students to have it, which I would highly recommend against, especially in middle school, mm-hmm. I would say it'd be very wise to have the parents logged into those accounts. Yeah. Because that way, again, even with Snapchat, even though it's going to disappear, parents can see it. Yeah, And then if they're seeing content they don't like, they're going to be able to reprimand their student, have a talk about that. Yeah. It just builds accountability. Sure. I think one of the biggest things that we can do as teachers, as parents, as leaders, while we have the students in their parents' homes and in these ministries and at school, we have a built-in level of authority and accountability there that students don't have once they graduate once they leave. Mm -hmm. So if we can help students build healthy habits now, sure. While they have some accountability and we can see some of the mistakes they make and lovingly correct them, that's a lot better than them having no accountability and just exploring on their own. Mm -hmm. And it's also a lot better than them just being completely stonewalled and then going off to college and having all this stuff. So As I said, I would caution against social media. I think high schoolers especially are going to have it or want to get that. So I think by the time your kid's probably sophomore, junior, senior in high school, again, depending on your rules, what you feel convicted towards doing, it might be a good idea to have them have allow them some of those social media apps, but have that accountability where you have it on their phone and do periodic checks and review with them. Again, a lot of that is going to be preemptive upon your relationship. Nothing breaks away from the relationships of teachers and students, parents and students. Like God has placed us in authority for a reason to help them as they grow. But I think as much accountability and as much as we can help our students navigate the really weird digital waters that are out there, the better prepared they are going to be when they go to college and they don't have that built-in accountability sitting on your shoulder. Yeah. And really quickly, just some of the, being an RA at Cedarville, resident assistant, I got to see from both sides 
both the very sheltered student and the very unsheltered student. I got to see some of the consequences of both of those coming to college and neither one of them was healthy mm-hmm. because the really sheltered student had no idea how to interact. Even though I went to a Christian college that had a lot of accountability and a lot of uh, oversight into a lot of things, a lot of them had a hard time adapting and reacting to a lot of what they were confronted with digitally, especially. And from the other side, the ones that had no accountability growing up, they're just so far gone by the time they even get to college in what they believe, what they're desensitized to. Obviously God can still save them, but Mm -hmm. it's almost a lot harder to reel them in and insert that accountability and trying to help them change. I had several, several guys that wanted help to try and change and we helped them through programs and stuff, but it was a lot harder to get them to leave behind a lot of the habits they had built into because they didn't have that accountability growing up and got involved in all of that stuff than it would have been to just bring them in say, okay, we're going to start with these boundaries. And as you prove that you can handle things maturely, we'll sort of take them away. So that would be my caution. I think really just parents need to be wise about what they allow their students to do. And I think they need to be knowledgeable. I think they need to be intentional about, I want to be involved and I'm going to know as much of what my student is doing and looking at as possible. Awesome. Well, Kyle, Thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for um, sharing some of your time and your life with us on the In the World podcast for our first ever student ministry conversations. And for those of you listening, we'll have more of these. Uh, We're hoping to do, this will probably be the last one of 2019, the first and the last. But in 2020, we hope to continue this 